Hello everyone, welcome along to the second episode of season six of the Luton Town Supporters Trust podcast. I'm Kev, your host as always, and I've got full gang with me uh, this month. I've got the Lutonian journalist, James Cunliffe. James, how are you doing, mate? All right, mate. I'm good. You? Good stuff. Yeah, all good. Tony, chair of the trust, is with us from his after we sent him on strength and conditioning last month. How are you doing, Tony? I'm good. I'm knackered from that now, Kev, but I bear up. Yeah, it's, it's served you well then, mate. I'm absolutely certain of that. And we're also joined by town fan Dan Barrett-Davis. Dan, thanks for joining us this month, mate. Uh, cheers, thanks for having us. You're more than welcome. Okay, as always, we'll be doing this podcast over two parts. And in the first part, we'll look back at what's happened um, since the season started. We'll find out from James just why his predictions went absolutely tits up um, very quickly. We'll discuss the transfers that have happened in that time as well. And our player focuses will be Dan Potts and Elijah Adebayo. And then in the second part, we will um, start a new series on the podcast, uh, which we're going to call Blast from the Past, which this season is going to be all about the 1982-83 season in the lead up to that fantastic um, game at Manchester City, uh, the Raddy Antich game. Uh, we will talk about transfers. Obviously, the transfer window is still open for another eight days at the time that we're recording this. Uh, what do the town need? Who do we need to keep? Etc. Etc. Uh, we'll talk about the cost of football in general, but particularly ticket prices. We'll preview all the matches to come up to the next international break. And then we will reflect on the latest comings and goings with Newlands Park. Uh, but that's all for part two. Let's get going on part one. But before we start talking about the football, uh, everyone at the Trust was saddened to hear about the passing of Matt Westwood over the weekend. Um and our thoughts and condolences go out to all of his family and friends and those two um, cracking children. So we're all thinking of you all. And uh, may you rest in peace, Matt. Yeah, rest in peace, fella hatter. All right, Pete. Okay then, chaps. Well, James, I, I would start with you. Uh, with I'm di- desperate to get this um, prediction thing really sorted out. To it, <laughs> but before I'm going to give you some respite because before we do, the town have brought two new players to the club, and no sooner did they land at Luton, they flew back to Grimsby again. But John McAtee and Arabin Peppel. Um, I think the, the latter was well rumoured for a long time, but the McAtee signing sort of came right out of the blue. Yeah, it just seems to be one of those development sort of ones. Not not development in the sense of the development squad, but one of those um, lower division players that seems to score goal for fun down there. And uh, hopefully he can he can do it when he gets a chance up here. But obviously he's gone back to to Grimsby and he's injured at the moment, isn't he? With shoulder injury. So um, <clears throat> it'd be good if the the two of them could form a relationship on the pitch when he is back fit. Him and him and Pepper and see how that works because you know eventually Adebayo is going to go and they and so they've got to work out how they replace him and um yeah getting in early and doing it that way is is is, is a good way to do it and bed them into the way the the club operates and the club plays eventually obviously they're at Grimsby at the moment but um <clears throat> and do it that way because um well, it depends how much they sell Adebayo for. And he ain't scored a goal this season yet, but I'm sure he will. And then uh, his price tag will go up and up and up. It will indeed. Um, Tony, I, I saw um, McAtee during the playoffs uh, last season. That's why I was watching 
playoffs after what happened to us in the playoffs. I've absolutely no idea. But I was. Must have been bugger all else on that day. But um, I saw him anyway, particularly in their game against Rex, in which they won 5-4 after extra time. And, and he looked a player there, actually, to be fair. I didn't think that we'd go for him, obviously, with a three-division dif- uh, three difference. But we did. And um, I guess it just kind of shows that we're open to... Um, taking these young players with an eye for the future. Yeah, uh, I, I think it's a, a good bit of business by, by the town on, on both players because um, I, I, especially with Peppel, the, the amount paid out for him I wouldn't have thought would have been that great. But um, looking at players for the future and that we can develop and hopefully become first-team players. But having said that as well, even if they don't... Um, I think the club are on to a winner anyway because they they've bought these two players um and quite possibly uh if they don't make the grade for our first team they can well be sold on for a for a big profit so um I like the way the town are operating and doing business and I, and I think it's great for the club all round the McAtee one Dan's an interesting one because he didn't Cut the mustard at Shrewsbury by all accounts, but he seems to be thriving at Grimsby. He's got a shoulder problem now, so he's not going. Although, why you know footballers, what you don't use your shoulder, crack on. But that's another. That's another <laughs> thing. Played, yeah, no, that's <laughs> another. <laughs> absolutely, I've never played. Um, but yeah, it's interesting that he he didn't do it at Shrewsbury, but he is doing it at Grimsby. Yeah, I mean, whether that's down to the level where he was at at the time, whether whether Shrewsbury was um, too high a level for him at the time, whether he needed to drop down to play in the conference and then sort of find your feet. Like they call the conference proper men's football, the National League proper men's football. Um, have we got Graham Sooners sat in uh, sat in here, have we? What's uh, this men? <laughs> I'm not that old. Um, but whether whether that was just the way Grimsby play or the way they operate, maybe that suited McAtee's game a bit more, um, which probably alerted our, our lot to, to him, probably drew, drew him our attention towards him, whether we thought, well, look, let's take a punt on him and see what happens. You know, you can't really lose if, if you're buying him from that lower, lower down with the greatest respects to that level, you, you're getting them relatively cheap. Um, and even, even like a year in league two, he's still, he's still progressing. He's still playing at a high level, even this year. And I think that that works for both parties really. I mean, yeah, the shoulder injury doesn't help, but it, it's not going to keep him out all season. And I think he, he might, you know, he might push on and still be a good asset to Grimsby, whilst in the long run being a being a potentially good one for us. Yeah, I do jest about his shoulder injury. I wish him a speedy recovery from that. Uh, the good thing is that the club knew that he had it when um, when we signed him, so it's not like we signed him on then all oh, his shoulders fallen off and then um, we cracked on. Uh, James, how's your um, Canadian football knowledge? At zero. Yeah, and likewise. <laughs> yeah, um, Pep was an interesting one though. Oh, well, I've seen the highlights of him like everyone else has, obviously, and he's got um, all the attributes you would want to, to try and develop, I suppose. He's only 19 as well. And, you know, he's already straight into the Grimsby side in, in the couple of games that he's been there. So that's got to be a good sign as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he he um, obviously wants to come over and prove himself in this country. Um, there's nothing you can't sniff at setting records in whatever country you're in, hasn't it? And he scored, what, four, five in his first five in the Canadian League. So whatever standard it is, it's still, he's still, he's still got to beat the team in front of him and he's scoring goals. So, um, yeah, it, it seems like Luton got alerted to him after he got touted to Forest Green Rovers as well and, and snapped him up. So, 
yeah, it's, it, it's, it's looking positive. And if you can have a really good season at Grimsby and get accustomed to English football, because, you know, I presume, and certainly down in lower leagues, which we know well enough, it's quite a physical game. It's probably more so than um, other leagues, but who knows? Maybe they kick lumps out of each other in Canada. I have no idea. The, the Grimsby supporters seem to have taken to him as well. First reports come in there, but... Um, you know, I think the, the step up from Canadian football to League Two is going to be a lot better for him than him coming here and trying to step up straight away to the Championship. So uh, do it in stages and hopefully we'll get there. Well, what I liked about the signing actually was the uh, some quotes from the league boss, the Canadian league boss um, on one of their... Commissioners, books. they're called out there, something aren't they? Like that. Yep. Yeah, like Vince McMahon or something, <laughs> isn't he? <laughs> I, think, I, think he, I think he's quit under um, dodgy circumstances, but oh, yeah, yeah, you, you, well, yeah. I, I, I do remember the golden era of WWF, as it was then. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing, you don't remember anything about football, but you remember WWF from the 1990s. Yeah, exactly. For me, I think Commissioner Gordon and Batman... <laughs> No, but he, he said um, he said something to the effect that whenever clubs inquire about these uh, players, they send them they they request videos of them. Whereas Luton, as we know, have really beefed up their analytic division with the acquisition or signing, whatever you want to call it, of Jay Suchich, who ran the Twitter Blades uh, analytics account, and um, that's paid dividends already in previous windows, but that came to the fore here where they just wanted data and data and data to look at. And he said, usually when you do that and you send them videos, you might have five people, five clubs after you're interested and then probably you won't hear from four of them and was it down. So Luton obviously showed an interest, saw that he had the right numbers they were looking for and uh, made the move. And it hasn't, you know, it's benefited them so far. I was looking back on, you know, previous pieces I've written and they, they use that in the signing of Adebayo. So that's proved, that's proved pretty good so far, isn't it? So yeah, you know, you can't fault their um, transfer business or the way they, they cast in their net wider now to cut to, to Canada. And um, that's probably, you know, lots of untapped markets like that, that Luton can, Luton can look into and benefit from. Um, so yeah, it's, I think it's probably a, it's a good shrewd move. Like Tony said, if it doesn't work out, it, it will work out in another respect, I imagine. Young, hungry striker. Can't really ask for much more than that. No, he's 19. And, you know, he, from seeing this interview, he looks like a big big lad. The videos on YouTube looks like he could be useful up top and certainly knows where the goal is. So it, it literally is just a question of the development stage, whether he progresses at Grimsby, whether he kicks on and has a good season and then in 12 months time they look at right do we need to put you in league one do you need to be in development squad can we give you a cup game here and there um, yeah well, town can't lose at this stage it, it's, it's uh, kind of like an experiment if you like I'd say um, like um, James was just saying about broadening horizons out to Canada in terms of scouting um, I, think, I think it's good it's better than it's, it's as good as picking someone up from a school round here. You know, it, it's somebody who slipped through the net. He's, he, he, is, he was English, he was born in the country. So, yeah, I, I, I think it, it can't it can't lose. It's the same with Adebayo in a lot of respects. And could he be the next one? 
knows? Yep, yeah, a couple of players to keep our eye on at Grimsby over the course of the season. Right then, James, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you were so confident on the last podcast that we were going to win every game. I think you threw a draw in there just to save your back, but I mean, well, and didn't really deliver the goods on that one, did it? Now, I'd just like to uh, apologise to Luton fans and the people of Luton and the wider area of Bedfordshire for some uncharacteristic optimism from from me there. And uh, I got carried away at the beginning of the season. And uh, I'm sorry I let you all down. And <laughs> Eat that humble pie. <laughs> yeah, it tastes bitter. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know, what, don't know what got into me. Uh, I'm not easy to deal with that, am I? But, you know... I, it's not been the ideal start to the season, obviously, um, but uh, the, nobody's come away with perfect record so far in the championship and everyone's going to take points off everyone as they usually do. So, um, you know, providing they learn from those few games and Swansea at the weekend is the new benchmark for how Luton need to be playing uh, and, and attacking these things, then... Um, you know, I'll eat that humble pie and hopefully they can just build from from there. But yeah, um, you won't be getting that level of optimism from me and my points <laughs> predictions again. I, I mean, I tell you to make A it. pessimist is never disappointed, they say, isn't they? So let's get back to, <laughs> let's get back to basics, shall we? <laughs> I mean, obviously I take the, uh, the mickey out of James and everything. Um, but five points from the five games, I think everyone uh, wanted more, expected more. But was it really that bad? Um, well, we, we it's like all seasons when they start, you go into it with, you know, really high hopes and sometimes that comes to fruition and, and sometimes, um, your hopes get dashed, um, with a, do- a severe dose of realism. We all thought that we'd get off to a flyer against Birmingham. Um, it's disappointing. The, the disappointing thing for me over the five games is it, it's taken until that fifth game for a striker to score for us. Um, you know, at the lowest point for me was the Bristol City game. That's uh, the worst Luton performance I've seen for years. Um, they just weren't up for it at all. Um, but they they put it behind them. They come out and they gave a brilliant display at Swansea. And, um, you know, I'm still highly optimistic. I mean, when you look at it, it there's been a, an influx of new players, new strikers. Um, it is going to take a while for the new players to bed in and, and start to play together. And I don't, I don't think we saw the best of Morris until um, Saturday. And that was a, a fantastic goal and, and a fantastic um, play leading up to it by, uh, by uh, Cameron Jerome. Um, brilliantly finished by Morris so I think there's a lot more to come and I, I always think that sometimes out of adversity great things can come and I'm clinging to that I'm not going to quite go the way James has with um, his <laughs> optimism but I, I think we can build on that and uh, put it behind us and it's, it's like everything it's a learning curve and as long as we learn from it and use it to our advantage then we'll be alright we'll be okay this season you know, I, I think we'll get, at the very least, a top half finish. Yeah, well, I mean, we're not going to finish bottom because Coventry can't seem to play a game of football. So uh, at least uh, <laughs> yeah. at least that is that sorted. What have you made of the first five games, Dan? Um, difficult, really. Um, I think we've all been 
brought down to earth a little bit from the highs of last season, finishing in sixth, which let's face it, none of us expected. Um, and then, I mean, who would have thought we'd finish last season being disappointed we didn't get to Wembley and then not get to the Premier League? I mean, 12 months ago, that'd have been laughable to even think. Um, so this year was always going to be difficult. Um, any game of football in the Championship is difficult. I felt we made it hard for ourselves against Birmingham. Um, should have won that, really. Uh, they didn't come here to win. They came here for a point. Same with Preston. They came here for a point and got three and we practically handed it. So it was a well-taken goal. That's not what I'm saying. It's more of like we, we allowed them to restrict us rather than try and break them down better. Um, Bristol City, as Tony said, pathetic. It was awful. Um, but the right reaction from Swansea on Saturday, um, it was the right result. It was it was the result we all needed, we all hoped for, and I think given that now we can start pushing on and hopefully, like this is this is the start of, of us getting back to the loot and we know and we can be as good as we were last year. We can be better. Um, that's not that's not to say we, we're just going to go out and win the league now and just absolutely piss it because that's not going to happen. <laughs> mm. But um, yeah, I, it's been okay. It could be better. Yeah, I mean, it's important to remember that when we won the conference and when we won League One, we started them seasons like drains, didn't we? I mean, yeah. I think it was game 10, wasn't it, at Wrexham? I remember sitting there freezing my arse off on a Friday night, watching us thinking, what the am I doing here? Yeah. And then uh, didn't Peterborough ran rings around us in League One, didn't they? I mean, ran rings around us. Yeah, I'll never forget that. And then, um, you know, we... we went into life then so you know it's it's not like the Premier League which is now already over isn't it (laughs) (laughs) you're three games in it's not you're not telling me Arsenal have won the Premier League already are you (laughs) no no. are you telling me we're playing Man United next season then James (laughs) well yeah they'll get relegated won't they (laughs) (laughs) one can hope (laughs) trying to be positive and and I, I think that Swansea game What's come out of it is better than than I thought because if you look at the figures afterwards, we had twenty five percent possession in yeah. that game, and it's what we did with that possession. Yeah. Now, if we mm. can turn that possession into higher figure, uh, well, I disagree. I think I think it, I think the other teams, it's good for them to have the ball because yeah. that's Luton can play like that. They've proved many times they don't need the balls to win football matches it's good for where the opposition out that way and then catch them out it's good for Swansea to have the ball because they flashed up something on their big screen 16,303 which it turns out was the attendance but I thought it was the amount of square passes that they played (laughs) because that's all they did I watched a a blog on YouTube from one of their supporters and uh, to say he was gutted was a bit of an understatement but he came out with one line that I thought was brilliant he said he said, we can pass to death. He said, we're brilliant at passing the ball. We just can't defend all school cards. <laughs> I tell you what, if, if you ever want to hypnotise someone, just send them there because the amount of square passing they do, they'll have you asleep in absolutely. There was one part in the second half, bearing in mind they were a goal down at this point. They played 14 passes. And I counted them because they were doing this all afternoon. They played 14 passes and they were further behind from where they started the 14 passes. And I'm yeah. like... You're 1-0 down. This is a piece of piss for us so far, this game. We've scored our goal. It's going absolutely swimmingly. 
And you ended up further backwards. And then all of a sudden, it went to one man in particular, the fellow who used to play for Milton Keynes, who they obviously realise ain't great on the ball. Yeah, them. them. Um, who uh, obviously ain't great on the ball. And as soon as it went to them, every everyone launched the press there and they were losing it every single time. 14, 15 passes or whatever. Now, I, I'm not a knowledgeable football person, but if I can see that, surely every other person with all these analytics and everyone else can see it. Yeah, you know? that was probably a game plan. You know, I mean, Nathan said to let them have the ball. Just, yeah, yeah. Just close down and. and uh, All we did in, stop the in, passing in lanes to the strikers and then press in the in the, in the high third. You yeah, know, a lot of them, uh, their passes. They, yeah, they were trying to play it out. They came unstuck a few times. You know, not as. Um, Unfortunately, not like Chelsea. Not Chelsea. You know, I'm yeah, just not to say that. that not was, to that level. Class goal, that was. But yeah, yeah, it was. It was. It was really. I think. I guess if we go through these games individually, then the Birmingham one, the disappointment was that the last season they obviously dicked us five nil, and we didn't really get payback on them. No, but it was an improvement, wasn't it? We would struggle not struggle not to be an improvement. To be <laughs> fair, <laughs> yeah, I mean it couldn't have got much worse. You said it's an improvement on last year. We've got more points this season on them than we did in the whole of last year. Camera, it's only two games, but yeah, it, it was still annoying not to you win. You can't that argue game. with that. You can't no, argue. you can't argue with that logic. He's yeah. not wrong. No, but it wasn't really quite the response I was after from him. But <laughs> <laughs> but then actually, probably the best game of the five was Burnley away, and I'll stick with you, um, Tony. That was very similar to the Swansea game. They could pass pass the side to death. They haven't got a striker either, but. We played really, really well in that game as well, actually. Deserved, probably deserved to lead more than 1-0 when we did lead 1-0. And obviously a world he's just found the back of our net. Yeah, I mean, uh-huh. we didn't look in, in too much trouble. They they were passing it around. But that was really the 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 only chance they had. And, you know, I mean, you can't blame the keeper for that. No. Um, no. It, disappointing. I, I, th- I thought we'd hang on to get three points there. But uh, certainly with Bernie, it, 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 there was nothing to be frightened of and nothing to be scared there. And it was a good all-round team performance. Um, you know, a little bit, I, I think Elijah's been a little bit out of sorts. He hasn't He hasn't been great. But um, I think there were signs on Saturday that he's perhaps getting back to it. And, you know, it's not surprising when you, when you think about um, the demands that were put on him towards the end of the season and he was injured and... They they haven't really had a, 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 the long break that they normally would have, so I, I I still think that Elijah's probably struggling to get back to match fitness probably, um, but no that that was a good performance um, up against a recently relegated side, a Premier League team who have bought well and have got a good manager. Um, I thought they could come away with that our heads up. Well proud of what they did in that game. And I coined it in with Potts being the first scorer, so happy days that mm-hmm. afternoon. Potts was actually the first scorer the following Saturday, but unfortunately not the right Potts and not in the right goal. Before we talk about that Preston game, should football go ahead at temperatures like that? No. No, no Spain play their games in the evening they, yeah. because it's too hot. Quite late it, as well. It's, it's ridiculous. I, mean, I don't see who won. Well, I mean, obviously Preston won, but I don't see who who benefits from that game well, going it, ahead at that I, time on that day. Because you had I, drinks breaks halfway through each half. You had a game played at the same pace, really. No one really ever lit the game up. It was just a competitive pre-season friendly, for the want of a better phrase. 
surely just delaying it five hours, kicking it off at eight o'clock. So there were no trains that day. So you weren't dis- you weren't, you know, inconvenienced in a way fans who've booked trains or anything like that. You've known that these temperatures were coming because they were forecast fortnight before. Surely there's got to be some sort of flexibility and just, oh, well, we'll put a drinks break in. That ain't good enough. There are people in the stands who can't have drinks, yeah. who are sat in direct sunlight. I mean, our subs had the towels hanging over the dugout, didn't they, to block yeah. out some of the sunlight, yeah. get themselves in shape. You can't play football like that. No, I think probably who benefited was Bristol City. Really, <laughs> They were probably knackered from running around in that that heat, although you know, Preston have been done all right, really, haven't they? But... Yeah, it's it's madness. Um, what? But it, you know, it's, this is the football league. They don't. They can't make decisions on the on the hoof like that. that benefit people, can they? It's far, far well, too, it, it, too it, far it, beyond them, isn't it? Yeah. Too far <laughs> beyond them. It's crazy because I mean, and I, I know this is a separate argument, a separate story, but it's crazy to to have a World Cup in Qatar, which means we have a, a mid season break. When the World Cup is played during the summer months, I mean, it's more than crazy. It's a disgrace. It's an absolute yeah. fucking disgrace. Yeah. And I've not been to as many games as I would like this um, start of the season because the season can start one week into August and yeah. it shouldn't be changed um, just so they can hold a World Cup in a desert um, and, and give it to a country that has... Um, such an appalling human rights record when they've been building these stadiums, which are going to have to be taken down afterwards. So what's the purpose of that? Where's the legacy of that? You're going to um, disrupt everybody else's season, everybody else's life, just to just to play a World Cup in, in the winter. It, just, it makes no absolutely no sense other than money for FIFA. That's all it is. I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it is it's true. money and it's corruption. And football... It's often said that football has the ability to be a force for good and change things. Mm. FIFA could, it's well within their scope to say, we will only give the World Cup to countries that deserve it. And when I say deserve it, looking at the country. So do you treat your citizens right? Have you got a good human rights record? To be fair, under my, under this little rule I've just invented, England wouldn't have it for a while. We wouldn't have it for a while until they, they went, your government are a bunch of bastards. Yeah. They treat you like <laughs> So you can't have it. <laughs> so, so, you know, don't hold back there, James. Yeah. You say what you really think. But, but <laughs> football is so powerful yeah. and it's it's got that much clout that if FIFA turned around and went, here are all the rules for you to have for, uh, the World Cup. Yeah. And you can't just change it six months before the World Cup comes to you. You have to have a record of that for five years. So that would cover maybe a... A, a parliament or a government cycle. So you just can't have despotic governments um, firstly getting the, the tournament and then disrupting everyone's lives to play it in the middle of winter. It's absolute disgrace. It's corruption. And the reason I've not been to many games at the start of this season is because it's my little one-man protest against it, really, quite frankly, because my, my football season is to start in the first week of August, yeah. and I've been having a little summer. But even so, Kev, Kev's absolutely right in what he says. Um, with They should have put the kick-off times back, even to 7 o'clock. Yeah, yeah. 7, 8 o'clock. It, it would have been cooler, you know. And um, I'm honest, I'm a football fan. I go to every game, as you know, Tone. I know you do, yeah. And if it put me out and it meant that I couldn't go to the game, but the players' welfare was much better by the game kicking off at eight o'clock than three o'clock, then I'm sorry, I've just got to miss out. Mm. It's just the way it is. Because if there are no players 
I ain't watching a game of football anyway. Now, we got lucky, from what I understand. There were no serious cramps or anything like that. But if you'd cramped up in that game at those heats, you wouldn't have been able to have got electrolytes back on or anything like that and then played again on the Tuesday night. You just can't do it. Well, playing out like that in that sun, you know, they must have had plenty of sunblock on or anything. But, but, you know, even with the drinks, Blake, you can still get heat stroke. What was the warnings to the the normal citizens? The warnings to the normal citizens were do not go out in direct sunlight between the hours of 11 and three yeah I tell you what million football fans around the country you can fuck off to your stadiums between 11 and three and crack on it's if some if if people who are experts in this are telling you not to go out in direct sunlight in those hours football should not be played in those hours no. one, one uh, thing are. i would like to say is it, it's well it, it's is actually a big shout out to luton town for the, the water yeah mm. absolutely you know um, absolutely giving out bottles of water and well um it would we cost w- me about 60 quid in water because while <laughs> i was going every five minutes for water it would cost me 60 quid in bottles i, of I was water. tipping it over me as quickly as i was drinking this stuff do you know what the, the way it was with that water that saturday i think i didn't have a pee from early in the morning when i got up until probably when i got back home after the game it was Fantastic. Just, you know, dehydrating and everything. So, you know. A shout, shout out to Mike Simmons of the Luton News as well. I know, I know you listen to Mike. He had a coffee at half time. No. <laughs> no, no, no. In the press room, he had a coffee. No, well, no, no, was, no, no, no. That was probably to help him stay awake with the Luton performance. Yeah, we'll, we'll allow for that. Anyway, James, what did you make of the game? It was the only one you've been to. So, um, <laughs> what did you make of it? You didn't do the takeaways. I still did no, that for you. You but did. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah, really and I pointed out, like everything you just said, football's a winter sport yeah um was we as bad as everyone said no we weren't we weren't but what it probably showed is that uh, Preston sat back and went you have the ball and then they just defended and um Luton had no answer well you would want us to have the ball in that heat wouldn't you I mean you know you can do the running we'll just sit here they they barely had a shot other than the one that went in um and Luton just couldn't break them down and the quality of the final ball and the quality of the crossing left a lot to be desired. They, they were giant, that team, Preston. So trying to lob the ball into the box and hope that a little team, you know, other, other than um, uh, Adebayo, obviously, he's got a very little midfield, to try and hope that they would get their head on it in, in front of some of those defenders was a bit pie in the sky, really. And um, But I don't think it was as bad as, as everyone's made out. They, they, they did play well up to that point, couldn't really force it. I think maybe all the best chances came in the last 20 minutes, 25 minutes. I thought Adebayo was actually one of the liveliest players actually in and around. He was trying to make things happen. Um, Probably but, should have scored. Oh, yeah, he should have hit yeah. the target at least, shouldn't he? But um, yeah. It's, it's, Ditto it's, Woodrow should have scored. Well, should have hit the target. Bri- th- well, brilliant think, ball I from Jamesbury. It, it was a more difficult chance, that wasn't yeah. it? It, was, it had to, yeah. A player of his quality though, I'm sure would have expected to hit the target with that. He's that good. Yeah, but he had a very in and out season, um, injuries and form and whatnot last season. And he's not really, obviously he's not really had a, much of a sniff this season. So, you know, even if you are um, a, a good poacher like him, you need to still be able to get your, your touch in, don't you? And to try and finish that one up where it is, he's got to get it up and over the goalie and down quick in the air and really has not had a chance to steady himself. They probably a difficult chance, but it was a chance nonetheless in a in a game uh with very little of them. So you know, I think they did enough to get a draw. Um but you have to say credit to Preston because I, I don't know what they did at the weekend, but up until that up until 
this time last week, they hadn't conceded a goal. Still haven't, yeah. Drew nil nil with Watford on Saturday. One goal in five in five in five of their matches this season. Yeah. And that was against you us. You see why they're very, very dogged in defence and um that there was nothing fancy about it. No. But very, very effective. Yeah, team, yeah. 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 It's effective to be sort of be all right, wasn't yeah, it? Without yeah. being yeah. amazing. And a decent finish. She got a, it was a got decent a finish. Cracking finish, but oh. Amari Bell has let his man go a couple of times this season and they need to work on that. Yeah, he had a he had an off day there, and he had an off day at Bristol City as well. But he certainly wasn't alone in the off day department at Bristol City. That no, was, was um, that was pretty poor, wasn't it? <laughs> it was. It was. It really was one to eleven. And yeah. let's be honest, twelve, thirteen, and fourteen didn't make much more of a difference, although yeah, slightly more of a difference. Yeah, off, so yeah, for free, and then started a twenty-two man pile up, which is always good. You yeah. always love a twenty-two man pile up while the referee's standing there blowing his whistle, expecting it to stop. Yeah. I mean, that's why you pay your entrance fee, isn't it, most weeks, just to see a good old-fashioned scrap. That's all, I was, that's all we got out of our entrance fee yeah, for that one, that my is Sunday for sure. playing days were full of that. So. Uh, the <laughs> biggest disappointment for me, though, was the easy ride Cal Naismith had in that game. Well, I, I had a friend who said to me, uh, Naismith looked really good and outstanding, and I said... He had an easy game, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he could have had the, he could have had the cigar on and his feet up, and yeah. that is so disappointing. We didn't we didn't challenge him at all. I don't think. Which I think if you've got someone in the opposition dressing room who's just left you, especially the, given the way he left us as well, and also yeah. come out with that cobblers in that interview. All right, he might not have meant it. It might have been just to sell um, tickets for Bristol City, but he still yeah. said it. Yeah, so I'm sure it was used as a team talk before the game. You should play that video. before. Before the, yeah. the players, before we go out, someone, go, right, someone, someone let you know that even if you just barge into him with your shoulder or something, let him know you're there. Yeah. Yeah. In that, our, our defenders look like total strangers. Yeah, they didn't know each other. It was pretty. Yeah, it annoyed me how easy a night Naismith had. You should, you know, you just got to have a bit more and about you than that. You look at it and you, you see at certain times you could see players were having words with each other, and you think, hang on a minute, if that's happening, that that that's. We haven't seen that in our teams for quite some time. No, I did. But sometimes I think in a situation like that, you need to. You need to. Yeah, I don't see it as a bad thing. Everyone sees that as a bad thing. I see it as people being pissed off that they're losing and that's what I want my players to be if you're not putting it I don't, I don't need to tell 11 professional footballers that they were shit. They know that. Yeah. So if, you know, if they're, if they're telling each other, then... Good for him, but often when a football team hits rock bottom, and you saw it with Man United as well, didn't you? When a team hits rock bottom, and I know I'm not saying that Luton at Bristol City was rock bottom, but it was as low as it's been for a long time. There's always a bounce back in there, and we bounced back brilliantly on Saturday, and that's all you can ask for, really, because you know the human beings they're going to put in shit performances, and there'll be another shit performance this season. No, and there'll be another terrible performance this season, and it'll probably be Birmingham away, but. Um, <laughs> You know, as, as as long as as long as the rebound is a positive rebound, and boy, was it a positive rebound! Everything that we loved about Luton Town last season was at Swansea's ground on Saturday. You know that pressing, that energy, that that enthusiasm, the clinical edge. I mean, what did we have? Three chances put. Uh, two in the back of the net and the pots header that was pushed around the post brilliantly. That was a good sign. You know, that was a really good. That sign. was not just a perfect away performance, but that was a perfect Luton Town performance. Well, it's what they have done so many times going to um, good away grounds. Is it, I mean, you only, if you you could just look at those possession stats and the amount that Preston let Luton have the ball and they didn't really know what to do with it, and the opposite stood for for Swansea. 
I think sometimes Luton's style does suit playing away because the, there's more onus on the home team to come out. Well, we made a thing attack. last season, didn't we? That only it, it turned out that only one of our wins last season. What did we win? Nineteen games, twenty games, whatever it was, was when we had more possession than the opposition, and that was against Reading in the last game. Yeah, yeah. So it it, it does seem to work. It, if you come away with the result, it doesn't really matter how much you've seen of the ball. <laughs> you well, that's it. I mean, people were coming out from Swansea, and they were like. We had all the game, you know, well, you can look down all these silly little numbers, but the one that matters is that one in the top right hand, top left hand corner. And I'm pretty sure that had two by us and not by you. So, yeah, I mean, you can have all the possession in the world, but if you don't put the ball in the net, it's pointless. Yeah. And that's, exa- well, that's exactly what it was. Pointless, yeah. pointless. They got no, 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 I think that's, that's one of the beauties of our game is, is that you, and I don't think it happens in any other game. You you can go into it and you can dominate a game for ninety percent of it, and then and still lose one or two nil. Yeah, you know, or shoot on the other foot, win one or two nil. Yeah, and and that's what's so beautiful about this game. I think it, 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 ultimately it's unpredictable. Yeah, look at oh, unless of course you're one of the big six. We're not going to um, focus on him in one of our player focuses, but we should mention Tom Lockyer because I thought he was absolutely, he was, he was absolutely out of this world at Swansea on um, and that, that on looks Saturday. Our best back three that I've seen. So well, I'm going to come on to that. We are going to discuss that. That is for sure. Uh, you was particularly pleased that Tom Lockyer um, got his chance, weren't you? Because I think you, Jer, knows you've got a nice soft spot for Tom because he gives you great lines <laughs> during his press conferences, <laughs> like after the Newport game when he scored the best goal of the night, not Carlos Mendes. Gomez, which we should just touch on actually absolute oh. worldy of a strike yes, yeah. we shouldn't just bypass the cup game just because of that but there was two highlights of that game Mendes Gomez goal Lockie's brilliant bit of skill for that second one it, that was it yeah. <laughs> the rest of it was yeah, trash we certainly won't be talking about the goalkeeper but you like Tom Lockie didn't you you was glad about he was glad he got his chance. And I mean, my God, did he take it? It was just a colossus defending performance. I mean, their their striker, he couldn't have touched the ball more than six times. And, he, and the, in those six times, as soon as he turned, smack, yeah. he, was, he was in he again. Was he was in again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had nothing. He got nothing out of Lockyer. I think Lockyer had him in his pocket and he probably brought him home on the bus with him, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. Lockyer is good fun, but um, he is... He's probably Luton's best out-and-out defender. If you just want somebody to defend, defend, well, I, defend then I texted you at half-time, didn't I, on Saturday with a controversial take that you still... Well, I'm not sure I'm not sure there's a place in that back three for Sonny Bradley. Yeah, I mean, it's a good shout, but it was the same last season. And I'm not slagging Sonny Bradley off oh, no, 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 by no, any no, stretch no. of the imagination. Luton had so many good defenders last season, they couldn't all play as well, so... Whatever sort of combination they had seemed to work, but um, I take your point uh, about it. But um, obviously, Lockyer had something to prove because he wasn't really getting a sniff, and he did. And you've got to take your chance, and he did. He's also got the carrot at the end of the stick as he wants to be playing in the World Cup, doesn't he? He wants to get there. So, um, what more incentive do you need? Do you need really? But yeah, if if you just want somebody to be a pain in the ass, block everything, kick everything away. Um, bit of a master of the dark arts, Tom Lockyer. He was absolutely superb on Saturday. And let's move on to the player focuses then, because uh, another player who was absolutely superb on Saturday was the man who led the team out onto the pitch that afternoon, Dan Potts. If the ball came in the air into our box, he headed it out. And if the ball was on the floor, he threw himself in front of it. He was absolutely brilliant. Before I get your opinions on whether he's the Naismith replacement, 
I mean, it's just great that he's been here seven, eight years. I think it's fair to say he was ready for the trap door, wasn't he? But he's just said, no, I'm not leaving this club. I'm going to find my new position. And every chance he gets, he seems to take. And in the team, I mean, not just in front of goal. He, he looks far better at the left centre-back position than he ever did at full-back or, or wing-back. And yeah. I, I don't think we need to go into the market at the moment for a left-sided central defender because I, I think potsy has got it. And it, it's so good to see that he's finally come of age because it hasn't exactly been a, an easy seven years for him. You know, a lot of the time he's been out of favour and he's come... And I always like Dan Potts because you look at... He's had a lot of injuries, but most of those injuries that he's got, it's all through putting his body on the line for this football club. You know, making last-ditch clearances or last-ditch tackles. And I think it's fantastic. And he's looked so good in that position. And on Saturday, we had three centre-backs who could all play the ball and could all carry the ball out and pass. And it, and it's not, you know, the Matty Pearson style of clearance or hoofing it down the pitch, you know. <laughs> um, and as I said already, I, I think that looks our best central defensive combination and I mean again it, it, it's nothing detrimental to Sonny because Sonny's been great for us Sonny's the type of centre back you want there if they've got a big brute of a centre forward that's all physicality but if they've got smaller forwards who can play on the deck Sonny's not his best there but that's when we need Lockyer and Burke and Potts so I, I'm more power to Dad Potts, I think it's fantastic. And also the fact that he's been given the captain's armband as well is brilliant. My bank managers certainly don't like Dan, uh, don't hate Dan Potts. Be the amount of times mm. he's been the first goal scorer for me over the last seven years, and again at Burnley. But he has got a goal in him. He's got yeah. to be the best player in the air as well for us as well, both defensively and attacking. You know, they're he, always he, aiming for him in attacking um, situations, and he always he can there or thereabouts and. Disappointed if he doesn't get something on it, which shows. Oh, I mean, he almost scored a second goal on Saturday. That is a world class save that stopped him, stopped him from scoring, scoring there, and obviously scored the goal at Burnley as if he was a centre forward. Just fell at his feet, curled that in nicely. What the rest of you doing, sort of thing? He had practice in pre-season. I mean, his goal against Hitchin was. Yeah, that's it. Well, he was on fire with the things in pre-season, wasn't he? With Potts as well. If you look at even when he's. He was played at left back or whatever, and he wasn't having a great game. You still got 100% out of him. He'd always put the effort in and whatever. So, you know. yeah. I've never been the biggest fan of his. I'll be completely honest. I did think he was one last year that I would have moved on, but he did start changing my opinion when they moved him inside. I, I agree with you saying that like, if he was ever playing at fullback and we made a substitution, I'd happily take him off and not replace him. That's just. <laughs> <laughs> That's just how I felt about him. But he's he's proven me wrong and I'll I'll happily hold my hands up to it because it, this season he has been absolutely brilliant. You know, you, you can't you can't say he hasn't been. Mm. Um he's found a new position and he's took it on well. And I think you're right, I don't think we need to look enough for centre half. We might still do that. I don't, it seems to be a bit quiet on that front. Um but I've I've no issue with him playing now. As long as he continues the way he has been, why not? Is he Cal Naismith's replacement in that position? In the sense that he filled that he's position, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he's not Cal Naismith's replacement because he's, he's got 
a very unique set of skills, Cal Naismith, hasn't he? He's played everywhere and he's pretty much excelled in every position he's played in and he's found himself. I think a what defender. you say, yeah, what you say yeah. is Potts is the better defender of them two, Potts yes. and Naismith, but the all round package with the ball yeah. is where Naismith excels over Potts at the minute. It is, but. Uh, yeah, not not on that side, obviously, but you've got Burke that can do that job as well if you want to play out from the back. As, uh, they're all relatively good at playing out from the back. It's just um, Cal Naismith had more uh, of his career playing as a forward-thinking player, um, <clears throat> and, and that showed sometimes when he got in the final third, um, and sometimes he you know, went on a little mazy run and beat three or four people and people like that. But, um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be disappointed if um, the end of the transfer window comes and they haven't found anyone to, to fill that gap even before this season and that's the Swansea game last season whenever they moved Potts into the centre and those playing the cup cup games in the and, and he, he always looked that was his best position and then Jones came out and said we've, we've I've always thought he'd be he'd eventually make a a centre back and um, and I, I, I think that that is that's right. That's the position for him because I, I don't necessarily think he ever had a bad game as a left back. He just wasn't suited to the way Luton want to use that position mm. and get getting up the pitch. And, and it, part of his problem was the other side. We had genuine class at fullback, didn't we? That, JJ that, Stacy. Right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. But uh, you'd often watch him, and um, certainly kicking towards the um, the Oak Road end uh, and he'd be closest to the press box. His first thought is to get the ball, maybe have a little look forward, but more often than not, it would have been passed backwards rather than uh, trying to probe forwards, maybe work with the winger a bit more and play one-twos and that sort of thing. It was He was a defender um, in a position where you need somebody to be a defender and an attacker. And it, it didn't work and it... it, it there were other players that were better than him. And, you know, don't forget that he was the first choice left back before he got injured. And then JJ came in and had a storm and look where he is now. <clears throat> I think that's his, that, that is his best position centre back because he's very, very good in the air and he's a good defender. Um, don't say he gets so far and then pass it back though. Cause if Swansea are listening, they would be in for him um, <laughs> before, uh, before the end of the window. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, he's been unlucky. He has been unlucky with injuries. Um, and so hopefully he can steer clear of that. And um, yeah, fair play for him for sticking around and, and, and taking the taking on the uh, position and, and making it his own almost. Hopefully he does get more of a run in it and it's not just sort of a one-off. We'll, we'll, we'll see. But um, uh, yeah, I, I'm as surprised as Dan that he's still here, to be honest, because yeah, I, thought, I, I thought he would go. Um I, I really did, but um, signed it for seven years. He's getting yeah. released at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you and I spoke to him at the um, awards do at the end of the season, and he was as positive and optimistic about uh, Luton's chances, even though you thought he, he's probably not going to play. It, but he, 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 he's obviously a strong presence in the dressing yeah, room. Yeah, that's what I like about yeah. it. He says so much about his character as well, doesn't he? That yeah. he's prepared to keep battling away because anybody else is could turn around and put in the transfer request. Well, not just that he's there to battling away, but he's battling away and not kicking up a fuss, yeah. you know? And a lot of people don't play for on a Saturday, you know, they're, they're kicking up, 
kicking up a fuss. Not so much at our club, to be fair, but a lot of people who've been at a club for a certain amount of time, you know, they'd be demanding to play or go out on loan. But no, he's got his head down, worked hard, got his place in the side. And like I say, every time he's in it, he don't let anyone down. That is for um, absolute sure. So I've, got, I've got a lot of time for Potsy personally. Anyone who does it tough, like he has done, um, deserves all the credit in the world. Uh, Tony, uh, certain words to describe our number 11. Disinterested, sulking, lazy, doesn't want it. Elijah Adebayo, do any of them words fit with you so far this season? It's easy to turn around and say that about him, but um, personally, I, I I don't think so. I I think, as I've already said earlier, I I, I don't think he he's had probably enough time to recover from the injury he suffered at the end of the year. Don't at, at the end of last season, I should say. Um, don't forget, he 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 was basically forced to play through injury. And that's going to take its toll on him. Um, and I, I think I don't think it's a case of he's disinterested or he's lazy. I, I can see him getting frustrated. Um, and I, I just think it's probably lack of match fitness because a forward like that who is highly rated and obviously there's going to be a lot of interest in him. You know, when, when the club's bringing in other high-caliber forwards it should motivate them, you know, and, and, and I, I think that probably will be with Elijah. I, I, I just think he needs a little bit more time, and and I think a lot of our supporter base are, are far too quick to judge and jump on him. Um, you know, look what he did for us last season. He scored some great goals for us last season, and and goals. I mean, I, I can think of the goal at Coventry, basically. Uh, apart from the punt from the keeper, he did that all on his own. You know, and, and he is a physical presence and you've got to remember he's still a young man. You know, he, he, he's 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 basically on the beginning of his journey and he just needs a bit more time and patience. Maybe the correct term for his TLC. Yeah, I mean, anyone who gives me the disinterested line, for him to go through what he went through to get himself fit for the playoffs, okay, he failed to do it. But to go through that and then say, yeah, go on, then I'll go on the bench. And then to go on the pitch in that playoff semi-final when yeah. the bloke couldn't even move. Don't give me disinterested. <laughs> and having none of that. You can call him a lot of things, but do not give me yeah. disinterested if you've gone common through all that. Sense, common sense and, and logic would tell you that if he wanted a big money move to a Premier League club, he's not going to go out on the pitch and look like he couldn't give a damn because what's the quickest way to turn off bidding clubs exactly to do that he's going to be playing out of his skin you know and giving it his best and everything in the hope you know and you can you know you can understand that because you know like JJ you get you get a move like that and you basically now you're set for life aren't you mm. um, so you know just just, just give, him, give him a break cut him a bit of slack yeah, I mean, people just got to remember that it's barely two months from where he couldn't even couldn't yeah. even move yeah, on that yeah. pitch at Huddersfield. And I'm not even exaggerating. He couldn't even move right. on that pitch to then start in the next season. He's yeah. he's had two months in that time. And, and you know as well, Kev, that Nathan being the sort of character he is, if that was the case with Elijah, he wasn't interested or can't be bothered to perform, I'm lazy or whatever... Nathan would have him out of that side so quick 
And he has yeah. done before with certain yeah. players. So, I've heard him. <laughs> you know, come on. Yeah. Yeah, disinterested. <clears throat> disinterested, no. Rusty, yes, very much. Rusty. I think as a striker as well, if you're not scoring, you know, it, it does play on your mind a little bit. He's played, what, five games, hasn't hit the net yet. His chances have been really restricted. That's the thing. He's become is, a marked man as well. And also, he, he, a striker's only as good as his service. And the service oh, yeah. to him yeah, this yeah, season exactly. has not been, he's, he's he's not been there at all. used to playing with Carlton Morris and with Corey yeah. Woodrow. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. a different dimension to, say, Harry Cornick. Yeah, absolutely. We've missed, we missed Harry We've in those last three games. I really enjoyed Elijah and uh, Admiral at the weekend, actually. I thought they bounced off each other really, Addy, really Addy well. Addy Musquee will come good. I've, yeah, yeah. I've yeah. Countless yeah. arguments about him. And yeah, no, I'm, no, no, no. If, I'm certain if, there's a player in there as well. If, as if, the if he's no Saturday. good, he's not getting a game. As simple as that. I think, <laughs> yeah. I think with him, what he needs is a, a long loan at League One level. That's what he Possibly, needs. Possibly, yeah. You don't come through Leicester's Academy if you can't play the game of association football. So, um, <laughs> no, exactly. you know. I mean, it's, it's very true what uh, Joe Kinnear said, isn't it? You know, majority of football supporters and donuts. Absolutely. Uh, you follow social media. What have you made all of this Elijah talk? It's baffling. Uh, if, if he'd have scored a goal, they, no one's saying anything, basically. That's, it's, it's, that's what it is. Strikers are judged on it. But it's not just... Not just um, Elijah that wasn't scoring goals. It was the whole bloody team hadn't scored a goal apart from Dan Potts until the weekend. So uh, uh, that that speaks volumes, really. They hadn't really worked out how to uh, <laughs> get make chances or really look like they were going to do anything really uh, in front of goal. Hopefully that changes now. But uh, I don't know how anyone anyone can have seen him since he's only been in the club for. 18 months, 18, just 18, about, 18 yeah. Months. Just over 18 months. And anyone could have watched him for those 18 months and just gone, he's disinterested. He's not... He's, I mean, I saw it at Preston, like I said earlier in this, I, I thought he was one of the better players in that yeah. game. He was trying, he was trying to make things work, trying to um, get in behind or try and bully those <coughs> Preston monster defenders. And, it, you know, the fact they didn't work is one thing, but... If he wasn't trying, then you could say that. But he was. So where's oh, that? you can never. I don't know that. where disinterest is <coughs> from. I think you did something all right. Yeah, rusty maybe. But you then, so, but then loads of goal. people are Once rusty. Once he gets a goal, he'll be, he'll be, yeah. be firing. But not only that, he, he, if he was disinterested and lazy, why was he coming back and tracking back and coming yeah. back for corners and like coming deep to try and get the ball? He, he was working hard. Yeah, he, I saw him pressing as well. And, people and, don't yeah. see. Off the ball, I think people only watch the ball and where it goes. And if because Elijah's not scoring, he's going to get picked on. Same with Sluger. Whenever he made a mistake, they'd forget the world he just done two minutes earlier. Yeah, but yeah. the slip between his gloves, which is routine, but they're humans, not robots, and make a mistake and they jump straight on. I don't get it. Oh, there's a lot of Swansea corners on Saturday that he headed away. Yeah. Yeah, and he does, know. he does time and time. And again. also, as shit as Bristol City was, he weren't a million miles away from that long range shot finding the bottom corner. And if it no, did, yeah, different, That's a different, different ball story. game, isn't yeah. it? You know, the the only thing I'd say about Elijah, and I love him to bits, and you know, you you obviously know me well. Be more selfish, man, please. Just if you see the shot, that, just fucking hit the hit the thing because yeah. when you hit it, it stays hit. Just hit the damn thing. Don't come that's, inside that's and play the pass. And, yeah, I think I think yeah. it is. I think Give it him is. a couple of goals, he'll yeah. be doing that. I think it is. He's got the pace, though, hasn't he? When you've got half a yard on the defender, like Carlton Morris on 
Saturday. Once you've squared the defender up, you've got half a yard on him, just put the foot through the ball. If it ends up in the back of the stand, I don't care because at least you've got a chance of scoring. But if you then go on the inside, you ain't got a chance of scoring because he's gonna they're either going to tackle you or going to block it. Be a bit more selfish. That's all. And I understand his instructions aren't to be selfish and his instructions are to play the team game, etc, etc, etc. But, you know, there Sometimes. are times where you can be an ounce it, more but selfish. But he'll have seen Morris's goal and, and how um, almost simply made that look. And he'll see that in train and he'll see Corley Woodrow as a, the finisher that he is. And you, you can't help but learn from that. It's just yeah. opportunity. Morris is a class finisher. Yeah, that, yeah, goal was, that goal was class. The first take, the, when I, we took it onto the left, his left side, his favoured left foot, put the defender right off because he's having to make the extra yard. And by the time the defender's seen what he's and he done, did it, he did Morris has smashed right. it. took it with his left foot, yeah. hit it across the keeper. Yeah. Yeah. Well but when you've got goal. that when you've got that many good strikers, which is what we're all surprised why they haven't scored that many goals, but you know, it'll change, it'll come good. But yeah. somebody might a team might try and mark Adebayo out. Oh, of the I game. said I said this after the first And then game. Morris will come into effect. Yeah. Or they'll take them off and then Jerome will do all the dirty work and then he'll pass to somebody there, and they can do the score. There was it's a just, time in that Birmingham game that I looked at Carlton Morris and he had a look on his face and said, I'm going to fucking love playing for this team because <laughs> two beefcakes are on Elijah Adebayo. I've got all the space in the absolute world, which I didn't have at Barnsley because I was the one with the beefcakes on. Yeah. And he looked <laughs> he's and he's a, like, he's yeah, he can himself. handle himself, absolutely. Yeah. But, you know, teams scout Elijah, don't they? They probably don't so much scout. Uh, the thing with his goal on um, Saturday as well, the ball from Jerome. I mean, oh, go and yeah, do what you want with that sunshine yeah. that was perfect lovely wasn't it absolutely, absolutely fantastic still look, I know he can't do a full game and it is, it's, it's impact he's, isn't he, it he does yeah. cameos yeah. but he is still he's well still when five players are going to be doing a cameo every game this season or should be doing a cameo every game why we only use three on that especially when Nathan was a big advocate for yeah well, why we only use three on the hottest day of all time I've no idea but um, anyway Elijah it, it, will be where, absolutely it, fine it's where you deploy those players as well I mean if you look at um you know, everybody, when Cornick is fit, everybody thinks, oh, he's, he's a starter. But when in early in Jones's managerial career and when Cornick first got, he had to make do with being an impact player of the bench. Yeah, he did. And so maybe um, you do that for Morris a little while, make him a little bit hungry, he comes off the bench, he affects the game, maybe scores a goal and gets his eye in that way. And, and maybe it works like that. There's lots of different ways you can approach it at the moment and um, that's a positive really because last season if somebody did mark Adebayo at the game then it's hard to see where the goals were going to come from wasn't it really but well you only had to look at last season when he missed towards the end and we Mm. scored six goals in the last six games didn't we and that was that was the problem but yeah Elijah will come good he's absolutely fine and quit with the disinterest in his bollocks there's nothing disinterested (laughs) about him he is just rusty and like Tony and the boys said he just needs a goal that's it for the first part of this podcast but make sure you listen to the second part where we will look ahead to all things coming up and as I say we'll do our first recap on that 82-83 season